Hey everybody, you've meached, you've meached, you've reached the Mayfair, god damn it, this is how we do things here, Mayfair Podcast, I'm Eric, I'm Andrew, and this is Josh, meached, and even though we're 10 seconds in, and we could easily restart, I'm not gonna, it's funnier this way, like Meech Lake, you know, I don't know what I was thinking there, he had politics on his mind, 80s 80s politics, way too excited about politics from the 80s, you're drunk with power at the thought of getting a Mandy button, I know, Mandy is my whole life now, so, it's, it's, you guys might remember from the last podcast when I said I would talk another 10 minutes about Mandy, that's this, no I won't though, your wife was cool with Mandy? Your wife seems so nice, I don't yeah. know if she would like a man. She, well, I don't want to profile her. I know. Well, and, and like, same with yours to a point. Like, I mean, I know it's like more intense than normally, but like, yeah. there was definitely stuff she, I think she would have liked. Gwen was squeamish at a couple things. Yeah. But like, the first hour is like pretty, you know, or maybe it was more than an hour, I don't know. I lost track of time in there. But no, like, my wife was very, after it was over, I'm just sort of like, did you like it? And she was like, I don't know. <laughs> like, she literally, that was her, her, like, she didn't not like it, but she just, it's just, it's a lot to take in, you know? And, and the funniest thing about that movie, which isn't a spoiler, but just there's no music in the end credits. So after it ends, it's just silence. And it's so weird being in a theater with just silence in the credits because you just, it never happens really. Yeah. And, and so you're just, all of you are just like, you just had this mass hypnosis moment or whatever, and it's just over and everyone's sort of like, ah, ah. Uh, Right. Oh, okay. Whoa. All right. Back to real life and claps and whatnot. And it's quite, it's weird because I tried to go in not knowing too much. And yeah, I don't know the exact time frame. And again, we'll say spoilers in case someone really doesn't want to know anything. Yeah. You know, zap forward a few minutes here. Yeah, yeah. But the first half, I think, it's a two-hour movie. So I think the first half is very slow, reminiscent of 1970s those movies that have a cult in it and they're kind of slow paced I can't think of an example but oh like Race the Devil or whatever yeah. what's that one called is and, that right? and very tense very uh, feeling that something weird's gonna happen a couple of weird things happen and then in the second half it goes full Nick Cage yeah and for me <laughs> modern Cage I guess <laughs> I'm still very glad I've seen it and don't let any of these comments I make make it sound like I think you shouldn't see it yeah because we all know... Don't worry, I'm here to offset yeah. that. So it's like, like my favorite movie length is 80 minutes. Yeah, yeah. And Pretty for, rare. So rare. For me, I think if you would have taken the first half and cut it in half and done the exact same thing, slow-paced half hour, and then the last hour is Nick Cage being Nick Cage, yeah. I would have been happier. But I get that the director was doing this slow burn yeah. and hypnotizing us. And then hitting us with chainsaws for the last 45 yeah. minutes. And you really got to earn the second half, I think. Like, what, what I liked is a, a one review, of which I think I posted on the Facebook page, but it was just it likened it to an album, where it's like you yeah. get your side A and your side B, and it's very different experiences. And, you know, in, in my opinion, you kind of like... I, I knew that going in. Like, a lot of people had said, oh, the first half's a bit slow or whatever. And, and But you never know, it's because it's personal opinion as well. And, and yeah. is it world building? Is it is it boring? Who knows? But for me, like, I really... Like, I've seen it twice now, and I, I really sort of appreciated... Like, my friend that I took for the second time preferred the first half to the second half. Oh, weird. And I still almost think he's trolling me, but <laughs> I, I'm, I'm willing to believe him. And I don't know if it's because he's a big comic guy and there's a Galactus shout-out, which I guess... There was. Sport, but I knew he would enjoy that. But 
no, I, I, I do think having seen it the second time and knowing what's coming the second half, I think I had more appreciation for the first half the second time. Just because, you know, it's, it's, you let it wash over you a little bit and, and you, know, you know what's building. And there was a few things I, I missed the first time because I went to the bathroom like three times. But anyway, <laughs> I just kept drinking water. I'm like, Dude, i got to stay hydrated for You're candy. You're so excited. Oh, man. Well, we were just, it was just jammed here. I mean, I, I jumped oh, on candy so bar fun. both nights. Like, yeah. And, and with, you know, and I, I, I kind of enjoy that. It's, it, it's fun to come here, see it's packed, you go to your seat, then you scope the action, and you're like, oh, yeah, I'll jump in. And it's just, it's kind of fun because, you know, you don't have to close and you can just kind of help yeah. out. And, and it's just, my way of thinking is, sure, I can just sit in my seat and, and wait till things start, but the, the movie's probably not going to start if there's a line up the stairs. So why no, not just get those people out of there? I was here, and part of you, yeah, wants to sit with your friends, but I just had a sense. So I went down and I said to Melissa, I was like, you should maybe go to the candy bar now because it, it was just starting. <laughs> and as per usual, Bless their little hearts, but oh, it's frustrating. Where at, when did we start the movie? At 9? Yeah. So at 8.40, I was sitting up there casually in my seat, chatting with a friend, mm. and I almost, I had this like, oh, well, that's too bad. It looks like there's 30 people here. Oh, I hope yeah. more people, maybe Lee was right and the VOD. <laughs> and that then, idiot Eric kept rambling this whole time. And then at 5 to 7, 175 people showed up, you know, Insane. and it was just... A line. I, I didn't have time, but there was a blockbuster line, like a line around the block. Yeah. And at one point, after everyone had gotten in, I'd held the movie. I went to check with Melissa, because even as an owner, she was the boss that night, so I wanted to be like, I'm holding the movie, is that cool? Oh, yeah. And I, I texted Gwen, and I was like, come to the box office. Basically, because I had to go to the bathroom before the movie. <laughs> and I knew it was the two-hour movie. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I don't want to miss any cage brilliance. Yeah, yeah. And she ended up selling a couple tickets, and nobody complained. I actually had a moment so went up and did a quick little introduction just to say sorry we're late and I like doing it just to say thank you because yeah. we again are an anomaly where this movie's out on VOD the we, powers that ago, really yeah like, it's insane and the powers that be didn't want to let us screen it because they're like well no it's not worth it it's yeah. on VOD and now it ends up we're going to hold it over for a bunch more screenings yeah so I just said to people thank you because this means that we know that you will come to see these movies yeah and, so. and, well, and the distributor loves us now too which is also yeah. cool because you're like well you know we wanted to see it anyway and then it just you never know like that's exactly how you want it to go but how often does that actually happen you know yeah. it just it's so rare so I, and I, I obviously felt like you know personally excited about it too because yeah. just we've wanted to see it for so long now it feels like yeah. and just to, to have that kind of a turnout and just to hear that the buzz after it's out and people are up front and they're talking oh, you know, yeah. good or bad I mean it's just it gets people talking I'm know? just so glad it wasn't even though like I said like I have I love the second half mm. but I'm glad I saw it I'm glad we got it it's an experience but imagine if it was a movie that was just like Eh. Like, yeah. it would have been so disappointing for me especially like I was terrified by the time I was actually getting to see it because I just thought My, what if it sucks yeah. like I've, I've been building it up for weeks like oh, Facebooking everything and like all these reviews and, and I mean as I said last week you know it's it's technically is overhyped you know if you want to think just yeah. in terms of how many you know influential people I guess have, have praised it but even still, a good movie should survive on its own legs. You know? Do you know how much it costs? Anyone know how much it costs? Oh, not much. Probably like 
a few million or something. Yeah, yeah. like because I mean it's like all on 10 screen million or something. So it's know. gonna make money. It's gonna it like probably already have. has. Well, then, and I keep checking, you know, like Box Office Mojo and the numbers, and like none of them are updated because the last, the only thing that they have listed is thirty thousand dollars, which yeah. I guess, which is, I mean, there's no way that that's up to date. Just no, not a chance. So. And it's, it's quite a phenomenon because it's even, uh, like, I'm going to L.A. tomorrow and I, I've been following that there. And, like, there's a, a lot of people in L.A. who are just like, how can I see this? Why can't I see this? Like, yeah. and, and you just, it's bizarre. Like, this is so strange to have people clamoring to see this movie that got dumped, essentially. And it's just this world-altering thing. All right, maybe not world-altering, but world altering. my well, world. <laughs> you look at us and, like, we had to fight to get it. And if we didn't fight, we would have not screened it. Right. And now we're screening it seven times. Yeah, and so, and you know, and, and, and South Key's had it and it's a little out of the way. And, and you know, and I was kind of following, just like, this is to the point where it's at. I was following the ticket sales on that just out of curiosity, not yeah. even a like other business, how are they doing thing. I was just curious if anyone else cared. And it seemed like it was, it, it got a bit higher each time, you know, like each show sold a little bit more. Yeah. And then which I almost thought was a bad thing because I was like, oh God, what if they just keep keeping it and then we never get it? But I, I don't I don't think you can compete with our location and, and our theater. I mean, I won't go on a Mayfair's great rant, but... Yeah, I, ho- I hope it <laughs> continues because there's been so many movies like that where it's the multiplex trying to be cool, mm-hmm. but then because of contractual reasoning, we can't show a certain film. Yeah. And it's so frustrating to explain to people. The one that was recent might have been a year ago but was that cool Godzilla movie that came out oh yeah Shin Godzilla yeah and it was at again it was at South Keys or that somewhere for one or two nights and we couldn't get it. it like we're like nope like and and that's always the argument we're like yeah you guys show it can we show it afterwards no okay no, well it's weird <laughs> yeah and it's and it's too bad because it's already I mean that would probably do pretty well here but you don't know like like can we argue it enough to like you know tooth and nail demand yeah. that we get it like how do we know what the turnout's gonna be you know so yeah yeah that's, that's I still never saw that actually I, that, that I haven't seen really, it either no. it looked really good yeah but, but the, I remember this was years ago but we screened for two nights screened Scott Pilgrim and Scott so Pilgrim good. is kind of one of the famous giant flops of a great movie in the last 10-20 years mm-hmm and we packed the place. I came to see it two nights in a row. I fell I in love with it. Have too, yeah. And we packed the place. And this was back when I think Edgar Wright had a little bit more time on his hands. And <laughs> I got a hold of him on social media. Man. And he sent me a little Facebook post that I read in front of the crowd. <laughs> basically, because he, he's in love with these types of theaters. Oh, yeah. And so that was awesome. But we had, I think, 300 people two nights in a row. And I don't think we could screen it again because it was going out on Blu-ray or yeah. DVD or whatever. But there's example of that, of oh, it's, movies not doing well elsewhere, and then we get it, and it does fine. Yeah, and with that one, I suppose, like, it, there's there's a little more indication that it would do well just because of, you know, it is Edgar Wright, and it's, uh, yeah. it's Michael Sarah. you know, like, there's a good there's a good chunk of things that people like, and it's just such a kinetic movie, like, it's so funny. Man, and I, I wish glad, we played that every month, personally, but that's oh, a yeah. whole other thing. I was glad because the Burt Reynolds Fest didn't do great. Yeah. <laughs> and if Mandy didn't do great... Back to back with that, I would have been like, "Yeah, that's it. Only that, Judy Dench movies from now that on." That sound clip out of context will infuriate Lee. Yeah, <laughs> it's like he only hears that one part. I loved that Burt Reynolds didn't do well. I was that no, I came to see Best Little Whorehouse, and there was <laughs> ten of us here. I was, I was here. Oh, I was, yeah. It was so sad. It was so sad. It was the best thing was that the marquee just said "Little Whorehouse." I know. <laughs> like oh, so people good. going by are gonna be like, "What? What's this?" Lee's pick did better though. I think. Well, Deliverance did. Did like a little bit better. 20, 30 people or something like that. Yeah. But still, 
I wanted 200 people. It's too, and I've never seen uh, like Best Little Horrors, but like listening to it, like the songs were really good. Oh, like so good. I, I was like, you know what? I kind of wish I had watched this. Well, and you know, I forget because country music isn't in my wheelhouse, but you know, it's like, oh yeah, Dolly Parton is a national treasure and oh, is a genius. There was like, like a woman in her like late 80s, early 90s who came to that 9 p.m. screening and was just like, I always come to Dolly Parton movies. <laughs> and I just, I want to be like, when was the last time? So you I, last yeah. went to a movie in 1980? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it was exclusively Dolly Parton movies, but I just thought that was hilarious because she, there was no one else like that at that screening. It was just Lee, some younger people, etc. And then this woman, and I was like, you know what? Good on you. Like, I, I yeah. you are awesome the only thing that does make it worth it is even on a night like that is multiple people i was chatting with a couple people where they saw me leaning the box office thanks me mm. and kind of saying like oh thanks for showing it you know so so it's it's one of those things where i would rather 300 people were there but it is nice that we made some buddies nights by yeah. showing their favorite movie that's the kind so. of thing. and then luckily there are some mandy nights that offset those nights, exactly so. and, and I, I never get too worried like if that happens four weeks in a row but there'll be a movie like that where 10 people come to. Yeah. But then that one night was bonkers where it was Children Act, I think, mm-hmm. was 150 people. Mm-hmm. And then Mandy was 200 people. Yeah. And it was just crazy. Just, so Yeah, nuts. Like, I can't, I don't know what the numbers were for the second night of Mandy, but, I mean, there was well over 100, I would have said. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm terrible at guesstimating. It numbers. was. No, it was. Okay, it, good. It was paid tickets because there was a bunch of us who got it for free true but it was i think it was about 180 on the first night and 130 on the second night okay and at least because i mean the first night was probably more like 200 with like non-paying tickets yeah, stuck yeah, yeah, in, yeah. and it felt like it too like yeah. it was just jammed but i'm doing box office and i always think i was just you know filling in but i always think oh he must be almost sold out and you do a little report to look <laughs> and you're like that's only 200 people? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like, even in Candy Bar, it feels that way. You're yeah. like, oh my God, it's going to be swamped in there. You're like, there's uh, 60 people. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you but get no, five liars in a row and it's not, it feels like it. It is the perfect scenario of people actually showing up and proving that we can hold over a movie, which yeah. is great. And especially, you know, because we, I think all three of us went to Mom and Dad and, you know, yeah, enjoyed yeah. it, oh, but that, it definitely mm-hmm. wasn't packed. No, uh, it did okay, though. Yeah, it wasn't by any means like, uh, you know, a write-off or anything like that, but it's just, you start to wonder, you're like, is, I mean, I love Cage, we all love yeah. Cage, but do how many people love Cage enough to come out to this? And a lot. <laughs> I hope this lot. means that getting this next one that's circling yeah. is much easier, that we just get it. And I'm hoping, like, like, it would be cool if it's the same distributors end up with it, and they're like, hey, how's that, that Mayfair Theater did pretty well? I know it's out. I'm in the midst of listening to the latest episode of Doug Loves Movies, and he just said he saw it. So Ooh. might have been at a festival or something. Yeah, I think Fantastic Fest played it, for yeah. sure. And that, But it's pretty quick, normally, after those... Like, it used to feel like it was forever, but before, because yeah. you hear about a screening, and then it, sometimes it's like six months or a year. Mm-hmm. But it seems to go a lot quicker than it used to, so... D- didn't he make a, another film with the same director? Uh, I don't know if he did, with, if it's the same director or not, but, like, I mean, he will. But I think, I think, uh... Panos only has two movies as far as yeah, I hope last, you're right I would hope more than anything that you're right his last one was seven or eight years ago that the yeah. rainbow movie yeah which we screened here and I never saw I just I didn't, didn't see it and I, I got and that's the other thing too because after seeing Mandy I was like wow I'm watching that other movie now like it's yeah. just because I had heard uh, sort of the, the horror story stuff you hear about Mandy which is just I mean not from everybody but some people who might be like oh it's too weird or it's this or right. that I guess all that happened in his first movie as well which sort of scared me off at first I'm like I gotta be in the mood for that it's like two hours two plus you know now that I've seen that style I am interested to see you know where he started out as and his dad directed 
First Blood and Cobra. Yeah. yeah. Two like, very different movies. Among, yeah, and Andrew's favorites of Unknown Origin with Peter Weller. I Andrew actually haven't Ro- seen that. <laughs> that seems like Is a- his dad still around or is no. he? No, he passed. When you say the son of somebody, I always picture like a 12-year-old directing a movie. Yeah. And you're like, oh no, someone can be 50 and still yeah. have a dad. David <laughs> Bowie Jr. is still 12. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> It's the wildest thing for me is is first when he did uh, Tombstone as well, and so you see like oh wow that's a good movie yeah you see the good movies that they did and that was actually uh, Panos that was his first credit he was like an assistant director or something oh, on cool. Tombstone and then he used the money he made from that to make Beyond the Black Rainbow so Tombstone we have to thank for Mandy basically basically and then he did uh, his dad did Shadow Conspiracy with Charlie Sheen which was a mega bomb oh, one yeah. of the few zero percent Rotten Tomatoes movies you know people talk about director jail but it's a legit thing Mm -hmm. where you got to keep being good to stay in there or just not terrible at least yeah I (laughs) I always think about Joe Dante who I love so much and he had this run of gremlins of course and and the howling and all this kind of stuff and I wonder what killed him but I think it was small soldiers and Matt Name which wasn't even that bad no but I think they just looked at it and went that didn't make 200 million dollars it wasn't a blockbuster so you're terrible now I believe since Small Soldiers, he's pretty much done independent stuff in TV. Yeah. So he's still working. He's still doing stuff. I noticed his name on an episode of one of the DC shows recently. So he's working, but I don't think we'll ever see him do a big movie again, which is crazy because you think Spielberg would be like, oh, hey, we're doing this show or that show. But yeah. And I think it's just the younger folks come in all of a sudden and yeah. someone like J.J. Abrams or John Favreau mm-hmm. or Joss Whedon are directing a movie that... Joe Dante would have directed 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. So that happens as well, where if Spider-Man had happened in 1989, yeah. Joe Dante might have directed that movie. Oh, man. I think James Cameron was going to make that. All these weird alternate things. We love those. It's, uh, yeah, Rennie Harlan's another one, like Cutthroat Island. Rennie Harlan's, just... I think, the best example yeah. of director jail. <laughs> He's made, he has some cool flicks. Like... I, I like Rennie Harlan. I, I, re- I might be the only one, but I really <laughs> like Cutthroat Island because I remember seeing it, and it's one of those dumb movies where inexplicably everything is blowing up and there's stuff where cannonballs are flying or like old timey muskets are being shot and it's just slow motion explosions <laughs> and that should have been the name of the movie well, oh yeah but, but both him and, and I think Gina Davis yeah. I think Cutthroat Island and then Long Kiss Goodnight they did that pretty much back to back and then they were like, oh, that's it, you're done. It's a damn shame. I'm, yeah. I'm going to give a shout-out to Nightmare on Elm Street 4. Uh, yeah. Lesser, no, that's a pretty good sequel. I'm going to say it. Like, it's lumped in there with, you know, there's some real crap ones. But that wait, one wait, is that's fun. Dream Master? I think wait, so. Wait, no, Dream Warriors? Or, Dream Warriors is three. Three, that's so I think good. it's Dream Master because then Dream Child is five. That's correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If that's a whole other thing. But no, Rennie Harlan did the one where the girl turns into, like, a bug and her arms are all, she turns oh, into a gross yeah. bug. And it's really cool effect. Really gross. So, I remember three and four had wicked posters. Yeah, three had three's still poster. great too. Like, yeah. and, and that's uh, that's uh, I think uh, Darabont uh, or was it not Darabont? No, wait, maybe it's Darabont. It's Chuck Russell directed. Oh, Russell, it. That's who. I'm, yeah, yeah, the director yeah. of The Mask. Was Another guy in director jail. These yeah. are all people who are Dude, <laughs> his his back to back of that and the Blob. It is Darabont, isn't it? Like uh, Russell and yeah. Darabont. Yeah, I think that? they like wrote and West Craven. Okay, yeah, of course. Never heard of him. Yeah. No, he has the same birthday as me, so that's why I remember Wes Craven, and only that reason. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not familiar with his career. I don't know what he does. First time hearing of this guy. Yeah. Okay, so let us chat about October 5th through October 11th. you got to jump on the lulls while you can here. Yeah. Before more lulls. <laughs> Before we gush about Mandy for another half hour. Yeah. So we're holding over the Children Act, starring 
Oscar winner Emma Thompson. And Stanley Tucci. And Stanley yeah, Tucci, who's uh, the best. I love Tucci. So good. Just for one screening, we have a film called 1945, and it's only on for one screening because we couldn't fit it in mo- more. No, we're showing it more. We're Wait, showing it yeah. more next week. Spoiler. I asked Leah, I was like, why is this only on for one screening? And that's why the distributor was like, Pretty please, can you show it once? Yeah. We want to get it out there. Oh, yeah, because they sent like a bunch of posters and the trailer yeah. and all this stuff, and it was this big deal. And I thought, oh wait, one screening. Hmm. Usually, one screening like that, it's a rental, and he's and he's like, no, it'll be back next week. So huh. if you can't make it Sunday afternoon, 1945 will return. Yeah, don't feel too bad. Then we have Black Klansman from Spike Lee and Jordan Peele. Looking good. This is it's Spike Lee, but it is not a Spike Lee script, which is a. Was a rarity at one time, but now yeah. he's kind of getting into more of a director for hire kind of thing. Which is not necessarily a bad thing either. I no. Mean, th- this is, I believe this is his highest grossing film at this point. Is it really? It was something like this, yeah, some weird... More yeah, of a like, right thing? And, and I'm sure not adjusted for inflation, right. most yeah, likely. Yeah. But still, yeah, I remember seeing, like, it's actually... And, and it's not like it was a crazy blockbuster or anything, but it was no. steady. And, it, and it's gotten great word of mouth. That's always funny when you hear that poor Ron Howard said, Han Solo is so bittersweet because people consider it a flop. But it's my number one movie of all time. Yeah. So it's this weird... And it's not like he's had a bunch of flops. No, yeah. So you're like, yeah, Han Solo made more money than Ocean's Eleven and Willow and Splash. Yeah. But people consider a flop. So with Black Klansman, and I think it's from Blumhouse. Yeah. So it's of that mindset where it didn't cost $100 million. Yeah. And it's weird. I didn't realize this till I wrote the blurb on this. Jason Blumhouse or Jason Blum? Jason Blum? <laughs> I wish it was Blum. It is Blum. It is Blum. Jason, I think his name is Jason Blum's house. Jason Blumhouse. Yeah, that's where he makes the movies. We assume. Well, sir, why is your production company called Blumhouse? Yeah, in? this is confusing. As a theater owner, I yeah. find this too confusing. I am calling you Blumhouse. <laughs> He's an Oscar nominee now. Yeah. So this guy who started out doing no budget horror films and continues to do no budget horror films is an Oscar nominee thanks yeah. to Get Out. Yeah, and some of them are good. Yeah, and, <laughs> you know, they're not all classics, but you know, there there's some gems. And this movie, it's the interesting thing of the student becoming the master almost where this movie only got made cuz Jordan Peele phoned Spike Lee and was like, "Hey, you want to do a, this movie?" And Jordan Peele had the street cred now. Yeah. So now it's weird where Spike Lee is so respected, but now it's a Jordan Peele production of a Spike yeah. Lee film. Starring Denzel Washington's son. Which is, and Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren. So it's like, there's a lot happening. I'll and, never and, forgive that Kylo Ren. Yeah. It's, it's funny though too because I, I've, I'd had, uh, I'd seen a few people online that considered it a Jordan Peele film. Yeah, and I was that like, always well, happens. he didn't actually write or direct or, you know, I mean, maybe he gave notes or whatever, but it's Spike Lee. Like, But I like, bet you there's a lot of... 16-year-olds who love Get Out who don't really know Spike Lee. Yeah. So that's... They maybe haven't seen... Because now, you know, it makes me feel a thousand years old. But now, Do the Right Thing or She's Gotta Have It came out before people were born. Yeah, you know? Do the Right Thing so, is like, what, 89? 89, and She's Gotta Have It was like 86, 87, God. something like that. So, yeah. Jeez, so Even I feel old now. So kids today would be like, who's this grandpa that Jordan Peele got to direct a movie? I remember watching Do the Right Thing on uh, CBC edited for TV. Oh my God. And that was my, the, the whole thing is just like all, just <laughs> Mickey Fickies and like Metal Farmer and like it's all these insane. Yeah, that's one of my favorite ones. So there is a film title. Yeah, Die Hard 3 does a lot of, he's like, Samuel Jackson's like, even for a Metal Farmer like you, this is ridiculous. It's like Metal Farmer. Huh. Oh, I'm so glad we're mostly past that now. <laughs> yeah. But the, it's fun. It's funny that like those, I can see those making kind of a comeback now as like Blu-ray extras, you know, yeah. because they're, they're silly fun, but nobody wants that version. 
that's the weird thing not to talk about the multiplex but they're releasing a PG-13 that's the American rating yeah. but a PG-13 Deadpool for the holidays yeah of Deadpool oh, 2 like, that's just, weird I don't, that'll I, do well I don't understand so all the 8 year olds can go, it's, it's very strange yeah, who knows people are, people are sheep and every time a Transformers movie makes a billion dollars I get furious yeah. so maybe it'll work but, and it's not for us clearly so yeah. who cares I guess but. Uh, anyhow yeah. uh, another cool movie I guess this officially kicks off Halloween month is the cabinet of Dr. Caligari which is the 1920 what some people call the first horror film and that would be cool enough yeah. but it is also accompanied by a band called Auditory so that's the coolest thing we get to do cool. a couple times a year nice. is is and it's a local band Gwen was looking at the poster and she's like I know that guy so one <laughs> of the guys is someone she knows from Carlton or something that's crazy yeah so it's the best and it really is you know if you're getting all cinema fan uh, mushy about it it, yeah. it really feels like time travel when you come to see a 1920 film with a live band oh, yeah. in the Mayfair. So. Nosferatu last year was, it, that may have been the best thing I've ever seen here. Oh, like, and I just, missed and it. It's hard for me to say, you know, because cartoons is, is top. Yeah. And Mandy, obviously. obviously. But just, it was so surreal. Like, it just felt so weird. Like, just the, the music envelops you and, and, and just, just it see, fits so well. You know? I missed that last year because I was in the States and you're missing Caligari <laughs> yeah, this year because you're in the States so take that hopefully air. it'll be terrible this year yeah. no no I'm sure it'll be great but I would have 100% been here for that if I was here and Klansman and Mandy and but we're br- just for you we're bringing back Klansman and Mandy it's on true. the next week it's so. good. that's why it's always good to complain to your boss yeah. uh, and then <laughs> randomly they might bring stuff back but yeah I'm pretty excited about uh, all of those things and then I will mention a couple of rentals, but one is from our friends at A Company of Fools, which is a local theater troupe, which has done gangbusters with their rentals here. They've done sing-alongs of A Set of Music in Greece and done a really good job about spreading the word, yeah. which is the biggest thing when you have a rental is you got to actually try. <laughs> yeah. And they've packed the place and made a bunch of money for themselves, so they're doing a Halloween screening of Ghostbusters coming up, but this weekend doing Mamma Mia 1, the first Mamma Mia. Yeah, Mamma Mia part Interesting. One. And I bet you it'll be packed again for them. So they, And all this money goes towards them and you know to put on shows and do stuff like that. They've become a nice returning client and, and have done well with oh, it. Oh, yeah. So. Crushing it. And then the Women's Adventure Film Tour, which is kind of neat. It's the Canadian premiere, and it's a very successful collection anthology of outdoors film, all women-themed. And this will be the first one in Canada. Ooh. And it's been, I think, over in the UK and Australia. Yeah. And I bet you that'll be packed as well. Yeah. Usually stuff like that does oh, really oh, well. That's so You can pretty much bank on it for any of those things. It, it always just gets jammed out of nowhere. And you're like, well, great. We did one a couple years ago, and it was a documentary about Frisbees. A documentary about... That's... Frisbees is like the wrong word to use. About... Uh, what do they call it? Yeah, uh, disc golf? No, that's wrong too. I'm, 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 I'm offending I someone. Like these words you're saying. Furious at me. Somebody is so angry at me. Flying discs? <laughs> <laughs> Where are you on this one, Andrew? Come on. Bottle caps? What is it called? <laughs> but I don't know. he so, just wants this to end. <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> Please stop this line of questioning. We hosted a documentary, and the guy rented it and put out word to a handful of sporting shops in town and packed the place I think had to turn people away really and then stood in the lobby and sold DVDs of the movie the people had just watched and sold another 75 or 100 DVDs 
And I think he sold souvenir frisbees in the whole bit. He should have sold them to people he was turning away as well. Yeah. You're like, oh, here's the movie anyway. And I think that's what the guy did, like a like old timey, like a grindhouse show in the '70s, where he was taking his movie, yeah, yeah. and going town to town in his trunk, like pulling and, out copies. Yeah, <laughs> and in every town, there's you know a half dozen bike shops or outdoors shops oh, or whatever. Yeah. And I always look at that and say, yeah, like it is worth your while to it rent the Mayfair done. and do that kind yeah. of thing. Ultimate. Ultimate. That's what oh, it's called. Okay. Ultimate. Was he going to say discus? Like, discus? I'm like, is this even... Javelin? Old-timey, like, Olympic sport Quidditch? name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are all real. Ding Dug? It's Ding yeah. Dug, right? Kind of fun, I guess. Sure. But yeah, like, something like the Women's Adventure Film Tour, I bet you is going to be packed. Definitely. Because, yeah, I think it's going to be a big night. So, yeah, so that's a couple rentals. To the extreme. So stay tuned. Go look on, online. We have all of our Halloween stuff listed. It's the Exorcist Shining Double Bill... It is... Calgary, obviously. Calgary. It's... I'm, I'm counting Mandy. Mandy Mandy counts. Yeah, Mandy's coming back. Who knows? We might squeeze something else in, yeah. but the schedule's pretty packed at this point. Yeah, and I won't spoil, like, you know, anything from next week yet, but there's good stuff coming next week, too, you know? Yeah. I always feel weird mentioning it too early. And sadly, we can't screen the old Halloween. It's one of those weird things where yeah. they won't let the old one out when the new one's about to play. Who even... Who has... Is that... Is that it's not Fox, is it? No, it's somebody else, but it's so, it's so weird. I remember is there even a Canadian distributor? It could be that too. Oh God, yeah, who knows? probably not because it was a it was an independent film. It wasn't yeah. uh, owned by a studio. No, John Carpenter doesn't own it, does he? Did he? Did he? No, no, uh, he should. Because but... Sam Raimi managed that. <laughs> Sam Raimi managed to backpedal and get yeah. the rights to Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two. Yeah, that's man, that's so tough. I always feel terrible for them, like Romero and just God stuff yeah. like that. It's just it's a shame. But oh, and what else? Hot off the presses. Andrew just said that we got take it out and trade the uh, long lost film from Ed Wood it's going to be amazing yeah so look, yeah, <laughs> look forward so to cool. that and it's yeah that's that's going to be a lot of fun it's like and a private eye sex comedy from <laughs> yeah. your favorite genre yeah. see I don't there, there's a line in the sand between Ed Wood and Tommy Wiseau for some reason for me yeah and I think mostly it's because Ed Wood did a bunch of movies right and got them out there and got people to see them Tommy Wiseau, up until recently, did one movie and has acted in a couple things. Yeah. But I've heard a lot of people talk about it where we're not laughing at Ed Wood. And no. it's almost like very impressive that it's like, good job, you got yeah, into yeah. Hollywood. You he did, did his it. best. You, know? you got Bella Lugosi in your movie. Yeah, you know? that's a huge get, or so, so we thought. So yeah, so some of these movies, I admit, I'm coming to see the Neil Breen movie. Right. But sometimes I, I'm, I'm squeamish. I'm like, oh, we're laughing at these people, yeah. you know? And Wiseau may not even make another movie ever. I, I don't, don't think he will. I think I he's done. Because, I mean... The only reason, that I think the reason The Room got made is because he had a professional crew who survived <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah no it's he doesn't need to and no. i honestly don't think he ever will like he's gonna coast off this the rest of his life and and why not i guess oh and we can't screen ed wood because that's touchstone and it's uh, disney well. no man <laughs> so oh, well. don't feel too bad you, you can watch mandy a couple more times so don't get <laughs> yeah, that out of your system or just come halfway through if that'll work better for you yeah uh, okay so thanks for listening go visit our friends at house of target across the street you can find us at mayfortheater.ca or on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Come see a bunch of cool stuff for Halloween. Yeah, and I'll I'll be in LA, but I'll bring fun stuff for the next. You're gonna podcast. go find Nick Cage. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bring you guys some like weird swag I find in LA, and then we can open it on the air. Pieces of Donald Trump's star. Yeah, yeah. Hollywood. Walk I'll see what I can do if, if if there's anything left. Yeah, I don't even know. I'll just get you like random debris. And be like, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's from Trump's star. <laughs> Trust me. Take that, Trump. Yeah, that's what you get.
Okay, we'll see you soon at the Mayfair. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 Okay, we better get Mandy for a fourth week. <laughs> I can't handle three isn't enough. They met in secret. They forged an alliance. They spoke of treason. Unavailable. I must speak with him immediately. It's a matter of life or death. Something terrible is happening inside the government at the highest level. A White House aide. They killed Yuri Pachenko. Where are you? I'll come get you. An investigative reporter. Listen, Amanda, that conspiracy piece you wrote, Bobby Bishop says he can confirm that story. holds a piece of the puzzle. What were your sources? Bobby, what just happened? Something about Shadow. To a conspiracy. Bobby, I've been ordered to bring you in. Where are you? That could topple the government. Pachenko tried to warn me about something going on at the White House. Together, they have less than 12 hours to unravel a mystery. God, Bobby, what are we going to do? There's a chance I can stop him. The future of the country is in our hands. Shadow Conspiracy.